Welcome to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. Join us on our journey as the host, Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, talks about how ordinary people can become extraordinary with the power of real estate investing. Here, he and his guests share their expert knowledge on how to create wealth through real estate investing, the mindset required to become a millionaire, and what it takes to master the craft. This is Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, and I'm here with a good friend, Maria Salazar, and um, she's just awesome. She's a rock star. She's a, she's a real estate broker. She's a mother of two daughters, mother of two, Brendan and Noah. Do I have that right, Maria? Brendan. They're my grandsons. They're your grandbabies. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you don't look like a grandma. She's a grandma. It's awesome. Um, she's been a realtor since um, November of 2000. She's got her broker's license. She's a broker since um, April of 2006, and in 2018 became a court-appointed special advocate for Essex County, and which she's gonna tell us a little bit about that, and what that really means. And then she's also the president for NARA, which is the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals in Morris County, New Jersey. And that's a big deal. I want us, I want to, she's gonna tell us about her organization and what they do and what they do for the Latino real estate professionals. Uh, she's also a property manager and an investor. She owns three, currently owns three, three rentals, and she's done over 15 flips over the years. She's awesome. She's a rock star. Maria, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Maria, I want to start um, with asking you, this is such an impressive resume. Um, usually I like to start, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from. Um, I know we talked a little bit a few moments ago before we got started here. You were telling me that your parents are from Ecuador. Yes. Mm -hmm. And your parents came here first and then you were born in Ecuador, correct? Yes, mm -hmm. correct. Then you, then they, 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 they brought you over. Tell us, tell us about that. Tell us how that transpired. You know, tell us how, tell us that story. That was interesting because I, I came here at nine years old without the language, without friends, without, um, without really not knowing anything other than my parents. Mm -hmm. So going to school, learning the language, it was really hard. I remember during the days as, as a kid, everybody spoke the language. They would take us out to learn, to learn, you know, give us a little bit of English. And we would, it was just like a lo lost you were lost in, in, in school, so to speak, because mm -hmm. the communication was not there to make friends. Mm -hmm. You're an outsider. The language is not there. And they're trying to teach it to you. But yeah, there's no way to communicate. So um, I think it took us probably, I'd say, within a year we were fluent, which I think when you when the younger you you arrive, the younger you pick it up, the quicker. I don't have much of an accent. I think here and there, you can you can hear it, but um, mm -hmm. we learned we learned it. And teachers were really good; they were patient. We we then started to make friends. We started to get comfortable. It started to become home again. Because remember, at nine years old, I left all my friends back in Ecuador, back in Ecuador. All, all my family, and and you know, as a child, that's a tough thing to do. But overall, it it eventually 
we got comfortable. We were, you know, I have five, four siblings. I'm one of five. Mm -hmm. And then we all just started to, I guess, adjust to the new journey that we were given, so to speak. Um, And little by little, it just, you know, you go through your your normal day-to-day routine, um, becoming a um, a teenager, um, going into high school, dating, all that good stuff. It all starts to happen yeah, as, yeah. as, as, you know, as you start integrating with, with society, so to speak. So it was a great experience. So you were nine. I was uh, six. I was born here. My mom sent me back to the Dominican Republic. I was six. And English is my second language as well. Um, so, so how was that for you in, in high school? Tell me, who was Maria in high school? Was Maria the smart girl, the book smart girl? Was Maria the, you know, popular girl? Was Maria, who was Maria, the cheerleader? Who was she? Did she love math, science? Who was she? Tell me about that. It's interesting because I I would have loved to have been a cheerleader. I, I actually wanted to be a cheerleader. Okay. Um, but my parents were not, you know, in that frame of mind. They, You know, their limited beliefs were, you know, you you should just go to school, study, and that's it. So they didn't allow me to do that, but I really did want to be a cheerleader. <laughs> um, I didn't realize until later in life how popular I was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you think of popularity, what what is that really, right? Mm-hmm. Um, school was always um, something that I, I honestly, to tell you, I never loved. I went because, you know, we needed to go. Um, my I, I think I struggled throughout school. I, I played hooky more than I should have. <laughs> okay. um, but, you know, I'm being honest in the sense that we all have the ability to make amends with our past. Mm. And as long as we don't get caught into it, we're good to move forward. So the high school Maria, um, I think it's, it's a little bit of the Maria that's still here. Mm-hmm. I like to have fun. You know, I like to... Uh, and because my parents were so strict, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to really have friends unless I went, you know, the, the, the um, Latinos team seemed to keep girls at home and allow boys to kind of go out a little bit. Yeah. So if my brother was allowed to go out, I could go with him. He was, he was my supervisor, which was really <laughs> not a good thing, <laughs> but they felt, you know, they felt comfortable doing that. And so I took advantage of that, but in school, they really didn't know. So, that's where I got to be able to go out and do what I wanted to do. And you don't realize, you know, by, by playing hooky, you don't hurt anyone but yourself in the end because you shortchange yourself from the education that's there. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think it builds who we are. Yep. It, um, the obstacles that we overcome create who we are as the adult. And the adult keeps changing and keeps growing. So I think it's... You know, it's fascinating to be able to look back um, just to see what I did, what I could have done. But ultimately, I think that, you know, we are where we are because that's the lessons we were supposed to have learned. That's great words of wisdom. Great words of wisdom. I mean, that's life well lived. Um, Awesome. Thank you for sharing that with the listeners. So, Maria, why real estate? How? Tell us how you got started in real estate. I want to know that. How did how did how does how did that happen? So you know, you, you was that girl playing hooky in school, and you know that Latina girl that wouldn't 
I remember my mom used to do the same thing. My sister couldn't go out unless it was with me. It was the, this is the craziest thing. Like, <laughs> and if she if she got me mad, it was like, okay, you're not going nowhere. That's just, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're staying you guys, home. you guys do start holding some power us uh-huh. over us early uh-huh. on, which is not a good thing. But mm-hmm. you know, again, it, it's a cultural thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I always had a nine to five job. My husband at the time did the real estate and my security was nine to five. I could come home. I would do the, the usual, the cooking, the cleaning, all the house duties. And he could work 24 hours. You know, he could work 24 seven. I provided the insurance. So we, we had a balance. We had a security net, so to speak. And then as time passed and the girls got bigger, we didn't need the same security Therefore, I was then somewhat, um, I guess allowed is the better word. <laughs> wow, okay. To, to, to explore what I wanted to do. I saw that, <clears throat> you know, in him doing um, real estate selling, I enjoyed watching what he was doing. So I thought, you know what, let me get my license just to do a part-time. And I would still keep my full-time job. But I think what most of us don't realize that um, a part-timer just is not as um, maybe efficient or successful unless they build a team early on. And back in those days, there were, there were no teams. Uh, it was just individuals. So for me to do it a couple hours um, a weekend, it was just hard. Eventually, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, I really like doing this. I am going to do this full-time, and that's kind of how it came about. And by then, I think um, my husband at the time was okay with letting go of the, oh, I have insurance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. The girls are bigger. Okay. She could work a little later, work on weekends. Now we can get a house cleaner, you know, things kind of fall into place that you don't, because of, again, our limited beliefs, we thought we shouldn't have had them in place to begin with. Mm. And so now I started working full time. I really enjoyed it. And then it became more of a, of a full-time career. Perfect. Perfect. And so, so you, you, you went into the the business full time. Um, You started part-time and you, you realized that you needed to be totally immersed. So you and I, you and I have been through some of the tracks, some of of the same personal development stuff and, um, and it's traveled in the same circles. We're both warriors um, mm-hmm. so, uh, you realize early on that you needed to be totally focused and totally immersed. And that's something that the listeners need to pay attention to. You need to be focused, focus where your focus goes, your energy flows and results show. Right. So yes. we, when, when did Maria get her first, her first investment as an investor? When did that hat come on? I'm going to be, now I'm, now I'm a real estate investor. When did that happen? And how did you, how did you go from that mom mindset of you got to have a job to being an entrepreneur? How did you shift that identity to being an entrepreneur, being a broker, being an investor? How did that shift happen for you? And how did you manage that? Well, I think what I saw was is what he was doing at the time. He was picking the properties, right? He would analyze what the repairs would be, do all, all the numbers that were necessary. 
and then say we could make this much. And I thought, wow, that's a whole lot. You know, why why am I still with a nine to five job when we could do this? What happened here, you know? But again, it took me going into the business to understand because prior to that, remember, he had his duties, which was to be the provider and mine were to be the home, I guess, homemaker slash um, provider. (laughs) But we didn't have, I didn't have that. And when I saw everything and I thought, wow, we could do this and we can continue to do this and make money. I, yeah, I'm definitely out of the nine to five business. Um, but it does take a little bit because, you know, as growing up, you see your parents working that nine to five. Yes. And you see that they have that security. You see that they bring in, they pay the bills and the insurance is met. So you kind of fall into that trap of assuming this is all I can do. This is what, I, this is what I should do. Um, and I, I believe growing up, we didn't have a lot of people or mentors that showed us anything different. Mm. You know, all my, all my parents, friends, relatives, I don't, can't think of anyone that had that flexibility or that became that, you know, um, entrepreneur or self-employed. That was like a taboo. What do you mean self-employed? What do you really do? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it made me realize the potential that there is in real estate. Um, and, in, and at the same time, I was kind of dabbling also with stocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't do too well with them and I didn't like them too much because of, you know, how that can go. I thought real estate is a much um, knowing, knowing, of, you know, what you're buying and where you're buying and what the potential is of the sale. It, it was a definitely a no brainer. So I thought we could do this. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, so you you saw it at home with your with your ex husband at the time. Your husband at the time, um, he was running the numbers. So you said something very important there: the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. Uh, you see him running the numbers, the repair costs, and all that stuff. And again, for the listeners, this is again common theme: education, learn. You got to learn before you just jump in this thing, you got to get, you said something else, a mentor, you didn't have that. Um, you didn't see that. Well, in this day and age, the day and age that we live, you know, that's so much easier with programs like this, listening to stories, listening to different people. And so that's an opportunity. So now you are the president of the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. And I'm gonna, I want to get into your first, your first investment in a few minutes, but I want to take a shift in, in gears. Tell us, what is that? What is the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals? What do they do? What's your role there? And what do they do for the Latino community? My initial role when I was approached was to open up a chapter in Morris County. That's New now, Jersey, right? Morris County. In, New, in Morris County, New Jersey, right. Now, okay. ideally... You know, my choice would have been a county that I was familiar with, which would have been Essex County, Union County. And then I thought, Morris County, can I really do this? You know, but then I thought, wait a minute, this is your limited belief. If you could do it in Union or Essex, why can't you do it in Morris County? Mm-hmm. So initially I was going to turn it down. And then I thought, no, wait a minute, I can do this. You know, I can do whatever I set my mind to it, providing I align myself with the right um, 
group of people because I do believe that we as individuals can do a lot, but it's aligning yourself with a group that can help you go even further. And in Morristown, that was going to be my key because I wasn't from Morris County. Um, so that was, that was, took a little bit of time to build the board. Um, once that was done, we were able to um, open up the chapter. We opened up in June of 2019. And what NARAB does is really is we, we facilitate, advocate, and educate. Those are our three big things. Um, right now, there are over 100 chapters throughout. Say that, say that again, facilitate. Advocate and uh -huh. educate. And you're advocating for who? We advocate for the Hispanic, for the Latino community, as okay. far as uh, obtaining um, laws, changing them to make it easier to purchase homes. Because, as you know, a lot of us are not from the... Not a lot of us, I shouldn't say that. That's not a fair way to state it. Um, some of us do not have the credit. Some of us do not have the uh, income, mm -hmm. the down payment. There's just less knowledge offered to us or because of the language barrier, there's just not a lot of information out there and we just don't think it's for us without really knowing or understanding. So those are the laws we try to change so that implement you know, laws can be implemented that will help the Latino community in purchasing. Um, so that's one thing we do. We educate the realtors. We bring on, you know, seminars in, in again, different, um, different forms of educating them as to what's needed for the Latino community. And not just Latino, because that can be applied for any gender. Anyway, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, and so that, that, that helps you. And then the other one is we facilitate. I, with over 100 chapters, we are able to, I have the ability to pick up the phone and call the president in um, New York, the president in Texas, mm -hmm. you know, California. They have many chapters where I can network with them. I can ask them, you know, listen, this is what I need. How do I do this? How do I, how do I, the mentors that I was talking about before, wow. you know, and we're able to share with one another rather than have that mindset of, you know, I don't want to share because I don't want that person to know what I'm doing. We've yeah. become this big group of a family that we can kind of rely on one another. And, and, and it has helped us to grow tremendously in the last couple of years. Like I said, um, as far as I know, they're over a hundred. Exactly, I don't have the number, mm -hmm. but it's 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 really a great organization that has, at least for myself. You know, I can't for others, but it has helped me to grow my business. It has helped me. I can, you know, we all know people that say, "Oh, I'm moving to Hawaii," or "I'm moving to, you know, California, wherever." You know, and now you're able mm -hmm. to call someone and say, "Listen, I know someone that will help you. That's going to take care of you." It's going to look out into, you know, have your best interest and help you find what it is that you're looking for. So, um, so let's just say someone is listening right now and they're moving to a new city and um, they maybe they're that, that avatar, that person you just said, you know, that doesn't have the education, wants to buy a house and, and 
uh, how does NAREP, they're moving to Chicago, let's say, from New Jersey to Chicago. So you would then, that, that person will reach out to you or would they reach out to someone, the, the chapter president in Chicago and say, hey, I'm moving into the city and I want to buy a house. Can you help me, walk me through that? How, what does that look like? Well, it's interesting because at that point, what I would do once I have spoken to you, um, I will then speak to the president in um, from that from that area because there's many different areas. I would speak to the president of that area and then put you in touch with that person. So now you have that one on one. It just takes away from not knowing where you're going, the state you're going to be in, um, where you think you're going to be able to buy what you're income uh, qualifications are. A lot of us don't understand the income qualification, the interest rate, the down payment, uh, building, you know, building your cost into the, into the contract. There's a lot of stuff that we can overwhelm us. Yes. But if we sit down with someone that can guide us through it and help us, and it's a lot easier, it becomes an easier process. And even if you're not able to do it right now, they can guide you on how to do it. So down the road, be it six months, a year from now, you will be able to then buy your, you know, your first home, which is the American dream for everybody. We all want to have our home that we can live in and, and call it ours. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the, where we facilitate. I, I can get you to the right person to help you without you having to have the struggle of, do I find, do I just dial a 100 number and let's hope I I get the right person. Got it. And then, so you mentioned something about seminars. Um, You guys educate. So you guys educate people on how to buy a house. Is that, is that part of what NAREP does? Um, I've been to, I've been to um, some of your seminars. Um, I forgot the name of the restaurant last year. Early last year. San Cubano? Um, I think so. And you had a bunch of speakers there. It was really, really neat. You had a bunch of sponsors there. You had some banks and lenders and title companies and different things there. So the, at these seminars um, that you educate, can you share how do people find them? What do you do really? Um, you know, is it catered for these, these educational seminars? Is it catered for the end buyer. So is it just catered for, you know, is it catered for guys like me, investors, real estate agents, who is it catered for? And how do we find it? I think there's a little bit of knowledge for everyone. Um, There is, we try to figure out because different counties have different needs, right? So we try to figure out what our county is interested in and what the, what are the people looking for? Are they first-time home buyers? Are they investors? What is it that they are? Um, what do they want to learn? And then we pull in the um, we pull in the staff, so to speak, that's going to create the seminars. So the teaching comes from many different forms. We have many different lenders. There's hard money lenders mm-hmm. from governmental affairs. Um, you know where they come in and they they teach you a little bit about the about the law behind you know what how it applies to us or, you know, in general, you have um, many different, different. Um, I think the, the great thing about NAREP is, is that we're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing and we're giving you um, different topics. So it could be about um, 
not just loans, because I think loans, there's so many lenders out there, but there's so many different programs that we don't understand are not all, we just think all banks are the same. And the best thing we do is we try to shop a low interest rate, but there's so much more than that. So give me, give me an example of a program that you find that's very valuable, that maybe a listener that's common, right? That maybe that, that you said is very common, that maybe a listener that's listening right now can say, um, that you can say, this program is one thing that I find that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, do you have anything in mind like that you can say? Well, I'm not a lender, but I can tell you a program that I was working on it right before the virus it got canceled. My understanding is it's it's coming back. So okay. for a lot of us who are self-employed, okay. um, the program that would fit best, for instance, I'm going to give you an example. I have my two family in South Orange. That's an the, investment, right? Yes. The the two apartments generate far more than what I will pay in a mortgage payment monthly. Okay. Therefore, I can obtain the loan if I were to buy that house. Let's say I bought it as you know initially without being the investor. I buy that house. I am um, just based on the rental income. I I can buy the house. It's a no income verification, which a lot of us don't know, don't understand. The rates are a little higher. But you're still able to buy property where oh. in before you're, you wouldn't be able to do that. I want to make sure I, we dissect that. Okay. So you just said no income verification. I know that because I used to be in the mortgage industry. But maybe some people out there listening um, don't know what that means. So that's for people that are self-employed, right, that are buying an income-producing property per se. The example you gave, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that program is that, the one you're talking about. I haven't been in the industry for a while. And the, it's, it's asset-based lending. We're talking about the particular asset. So the income on the property is producing more than what the mortgage would be. If the numbers make sense, then the bank will lend you, or the lender that you have in particular that you know, the program that you know of, will lend without verifying your income. So basically, if you have the credit score, and you're a mechanic and you're self-employed and you're not showing a lot of money and you want to get into, you want to buy a little casita somewhere and it's a two or three family, you want to live and you want a house hack, you want to live in one and rent out the other two or the other one, this is a way you can do that, right? Absolutely. Without having and to show your income. I just wanted to kind of break that down, make sure I... Yes, and, I, and I'm glad to. This is why I my initial disclosure was I'm not a lender. <laughs> you put it in a much better perspective right. for everyone. And it is. Um, so it can be done. I was actually working on, on on a property when we got hit with this virus. And unfortunately, they shut that one down. But my understanding is it's coming back. And I think with a little bit of time and patience, they're going to come back. And then we'll be able to find more of those properties where the income is going to suffice. The fact that the bank will lend us, right, we'll make the loan. And we can now, now we've become investors without really having to um, have that money. But most of us don't even have that mindset. We're, uh, not, we're not being told, listen, this is what you can do. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about mindset, right? So you said something earlier. Um, you know, you know, Maria, I'm a big mindset guy. 
right? We've been, you and I have been through, through yes. a lot of similar uh, personal development programs. And so our mindset, you know that your mindset shift when, when you grow, when you just get better as a, you know, you just grow as a human being. Um, let's talk about mindset in, within our, the Latino community. One of the things that um, we find is our parents come here, like your parents came here, my parents came here. And what did they teach us? Exactly what you said. Trabajaduro, work hard, you know, work to nine to nine. I, I remember my mom, you know, leaving at when we first, when we first came here, leaving us at a babysitter at six o'clock in the morning to jump in the train to go to Brooklyn, New York for an hour to go work at a factory. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is what they're teaching us by, by what we're seeing is work hard, get a job, work hard. So, but there's a better way. There's a better way. If you, if, when we start thinking about, Hey, they're, they're wealthy people. How are they doing it? They're not working that hard. They're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not working the yeah. factories. They own the factories, right? They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't rent these buildings. They, they own these buildings. So what's your advice for, for us to, to break that mindset, to change that mindset from an employee to a business owner, entrepreneur, um, to start creating wealth? For instance, one of the things I used to hear, right, talk about limiting beliefs, and I've heard you mention that a few times. One of the things I used to hear, one of the projections that my, I used to hear in my house, and maybe you heard this or maybe not, was rich people are bad. And I reject this for the listeners. Rich people are not bad. Rich people are good. Without rich people, there'd be no schools, there'd be no hospitals, there'd be no YMCAs. I sit on the board of YMCAs, so there'd be none of these community and none of these things. Rich people are the ones that support those programs. Mm -hmm. So rich people are bad. They have their big houses and they, they take from us. And I, I remember hearing the lessons I got on politics was this, Maria. The Democrats are for the poor and the Republicans are for the rich. And that's why it's like, this is the stuff that's projected to us. Democrats are for us and this and that. This, this, um, this is not political. I'm just saying this, some of the stuff that no, I heard at home. As a, what you hear over and over becomes embedded and you start you start taking that on as your beliefs because that's all you hear that's all you know so so how was that for you do you can, is that something that happened in your household you heard things like that about wealthy people did you hear you know how was that for you growing up well you know you mentioned all, all these um all these things that we heard growing up and I, you know one of the ones that I heard constantly was is that money is um the evil of all you know root of all evil, root of all evil. And I, reject I, thought, that. I reject that for me and for you <laughs> and for all of my listeners and, and and as a child you hear that and it's almost um how do I put this it's almost um given to you by the fact that they don't make any money So they, 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 they give you the belief and then they allow you to buy into it because they're sticking to their ground. Like, you know, money's the root of all evil. So therefore I'm not going to have it. So then you go, okay, money's the root of all evil. Then maybe that's not what I should do. Mm -hmm. And, but we're never told, you know, why, why are we just the workers in these factories? Why don't we ever want to own one of oh, them? Yes. Why, why should, I mean, listen, 
I know plenty of people that own a uh, laundromat, very successful business. Mm. Why, why do we always have to settle for the cleaning, the cooking? Why do we have to settle for those? Because that's what we see growing up. We don't ever, and you know, until we can get out of that norm and maybe if we're fortunate enough, we come across someone who has that different mindset, different belief, and we see them doing it and we go, wait a minute, they're not like my mom or dad or my family, but they're successful. Maybe that's what I want to be. And and I think for me, where all that kind of fell into place was, um, as you know, as you keep mentioning, I did self-development without even really understanding what it was at the very beginning. I just thought I need a change. Um, you know, this life has to be different. There has to be something more out there than, than going to work, coming home, cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids. And I don't have the kids excuse anymore because they're going off to college. So what am I supposed to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and primarily I joined Peaks because of that. Mm. And they help you to see and understand how the way you grew up is really what's kind of holding you back as an adult. Yes. Which I thought was so interesting because I thought, oh, I get this now. It wasn't just me. <laughs> but it's, it's you know, whether you believe it or not, I, I think it's said that by the time you're six or seven, you have been taught to believe what your parents believe without really knowing any better. Cause we don't. Yeah. And I, I want to, I'm just taking some notes. So please, I'm, I'm paying close attention to what you're saying. Cause you covered a lot of, a lot of ground there. And I want to, I, I want to share something because something you said, we, we, we got projected, right? Our parents projected, they project um, your perception is your, what you project, what you believe you project. So our parents projected, and I have a theory on that. I want to share it with you, Maria. You know, um, the the book, and I'm I'm not a I'm not a religious man. I'm a spiritual man. But the great book, the Bible, talks about uh, curses, generational curses. And I'm going to give you my version. I heard this. I heard this. I heard someone say say something similar to it. And I came to my own my own conclusion on what I think a generational curse is. So you know that we think generational curse is this big, a taboo thing um, that 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 God does. And I, I believe in God, so I believe that you know I believe it that God does do you know things. There is a generational curse for Bible times and things like that. I think modern day generational curses is is exactly what we just talked about. You just said. Why are we doing the cooking and the cleaning? Why do we got to settle for those things, right? So check this out. We grow up, we listen to mom and dad tell us, money's the root of all evil. Rich people are bad. You got to work hard. You got to get all these stories, right? They're telling us this stuff. They're programming us. We don't realize, mm-hmm. by the way, <laughs> I reject this for you and I reject this for you and I, Maria. Um, they're programming us. But here's a, here's a deeper thought is where did they learn from? Their, my grandma, your grandma, your grandpa programmed them. And where did they learn it from? Their grandma, their, their parents programmed them. So it just keeps this belief of poverty and lack and limiting 
keeps going down from generation to generation to generation until some until we, you and I, or our listeners, decide that hey, there's gotta be a better way. Like you said, there's yeah. gotta be a better way. Let me read a book. Let me go to a personal development. Let me listen to this podcast. Let me see this video. Let me try something different. There's got to be a better way than just working hard, being a mechanic, being this, being the cleaning lady, uh, da, 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 you know, working in the factory. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way where I can start creating assets for myself that I don't have to go work for it. How are those people doing it? The wealthy people doing it. So in my, I think that that's, that's the, 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 true generate, the, the true definition of, of generational curse. The best thing we could do for our children, I believe, is to tell them and open up their mind and ask them better questions and teach them to ask better questions, that there's always a better way and that they, you know, to learn to question everything, to learn to think on their own. Even the stuff I'm telling them, because we have our own limiting beliefs that we, you know, we don't know everything. Yes. Yes, and I, I agree 110%. I think that we should question everything. And and nowadays with social media, listen, you have Google. I can Google just about anything, okay? I can Google whatever it is I'm interested in. It can be found. I'm going to give you a really quick story. Growing up, my father-in-law, being of his generation and having two girls, mm-hmm. he used to tell me that I need to teach him to cook and clean. And of course, that was his um, that was his mindset. The girls need to cook and clean. But in my world, I wanted them to educate themselves. I wanted them to get a college degree. I wanted them to have a successful career, whatever that was, whatever they envisioned. But it it, it would be a career where, in all essence, how were you going to have time to work all these hours, still come home, still cook, still clean? <clears throat> Why not? get the education, do what you want. And you know what, what's wrong with paying for somebody to clean your house? A, you help other people do what they want to do. You mm-hmm. pass your, you know, you kind of help around. So why you have to pick up dinner? Is it any worse because you didn't cook it that night? Um, why, why not? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it wasn't relevant and important for them to cook and clean. I primarily wanted them to be educated and I wanted them to, um, because all this, we who can't cook? Who can't make a pot of rice or a stew or or grill or, you know, listen, when we have to eat, we're going to figure that out. Yeah. But if you're working and you're making the kind of money that you should be making and not settling for that, you know, job that pays you not much or minimum wage, then you'll be able to afford other things and also help out everyone else because one person can do everything mm-hmm. and you shouldn't want to have to do everything. Um other jobs are then open and other people then can make their living as they see fit without, you know, without you having to do anything. So I remember that was a battle that I had with my father in law <laughs> because, you know, he always wanted me to make sure they girls, because I had the girls, they had to cook and clean. And on a Friday night, when I first started ordering pizza for dinner, it was devastating to him like what do you mean pizza this is not dinner he told me and I was like well it is in my house I've worked all week I'm tired Mm. and he was in complete shock that I would put pizza out 
And I thought, well, you know what? I can't do everything and I can't please everybody. And I need to start taking care of me and my family. And, and that, 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 that just goes to uh, show um, for those that aren't Latinos. That's just the way it, it is for the, those general, uh, Latinos from Latino America. That's just how we are. Like, that's the culture. Women that cook, women that's the machismo part. Right? We got cook, we got clean. And you and I, as you know, first-generation Americans, we're changing that. And we're, we're, we're changing that. We're buying pizza for dinner. It's no big deal. Girls don't have to. They don't have to know how to cook. Like you said, we, we, we want to start thinking different to be different. We got to start thinking different to be different. If we, if we want to be different and we want to go places. Yeah, I think, and don't get me wrong, you know, look, it, they, they, they both have learned to cook. They both know how to clean because, like I said, it's not really difficult to pick up a rag of spray and go around a mop or a broom. They're not things that we should be spending a lifetime learning. Mm -hmm. um, and some of us are better at it than others. You know, um, I, I've learned with age, I'm not really fond of cleaning. So I'm okay with paying somebody to do that. And I'm good because if I can flip a property and make X amount of money, I don't have to. I won't have the time either. If I'm overseeing a job and making sure the repairs contractors are coming in and there's other things that need to be done well then i can't be in my bathroom or in my kitchen cleaning i just you know there's that, only but so many places i can be at that is a business owner mentality that is a business owner mentality and that is amazing and that's what i want that's the message i want people to take from my podcast is listen you can do this thing you can be an investor you can be you can you can come from from any background, you know, you could be an immigrant, you can come here. The first thing you need to do is just learn, just get a mentor. Like you said, you know, get a mentor, educate yourself, learn, um, learn some basic stuff about this thing. Listen to podcasts like this. Most important is you've got to change your mindset. You've got to start having a different conversation in the, in the cabeza. You've got to start, yeah. <laughs> start having a different conversation. You've got to start saying, Hey, you know what? If Maria can do it, if Martin can do it, if they can do it, so can I. What do I, if you start asking better questions, your unconscious mind will start giving you the answer. The universe all of a sudden will start putting the, uh, will start putting the right things in the right places for you to get to where you want to get to. Yes or yes, Maria? Yes. I love the fact that, and I, I'm with you. I'm, I was raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. Not, um, I can't say that I'm a big Catholic because I, I do not go to church on Sundays or every Sunday. I do my best. I am more spiritual in the sense that I do believe there there's there's something bigger than 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 us. Mm -hmm. um, whether you call it universe, God, Buddha, whatever that is, there's something greater out there. Um, and if we just listen to it, it's always there to guide us. If mm -hmm. we just pay attention, the best conversations I've ever had are the ones I have with myself, because I can be honest, I can listen, and it's always guiding you and. I do believe we're all energy. We attract um, what we need. And, and if we're not happy with the life we have, then let's look at what we're thinking about because that's the life that we're living. So if we want a different mm -hmm. life, then start thinking differently. Our thoughts do attract, whether we want to believe it or not, they do attract the life that we live. Um, so if we want a different life, Think differently. Think positive. There's always something bad happening, without a doubt. But there's always something good that you can look at, positive, 
or a good lesson that comes from it if you don't attach yourself to that emotion. I do believe that. And that's taken me a lot to learn. But I do understand now that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So when you believe that you are ready, someone in your life will step in. And if it doesn't happen that way, then go knock on somebody's door. Look, I see you're building this house. What does it take to be a contractor? What does it take to be a general manager? What if I became your, um, what if I, what if I just did it? Anything. And, you know, listen, how can, how can I learn from you? And you'll be surprised what people are willing to do for you, but you have to ask, you have to want, because if you don't, it's not going to get, you know, it's not going to get dropped in your lap. You have to want it. You really do. Ladies and gentlemen, those were just, she dropped some really deep jewels, gems, words of wisdom. My goodness. I could not have said it any better. Maria, that those are really powerful words. I believe personally that people are generally good. Again, that's my choice. I believe Me too. that people are generally good. I believe that um, people generally want to help each other. I believe in the human experience. I believe in other human beings. I love human beings. I love people. I love empowering and encouraging other, others. So therefore, that's what I focus on and that's what I find. And I want to I want to just echo what you said. If you want something, right, go to find someone, find someone that's doing it, and ask them. You will be surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, what can I do for you so you can teach me to do what you're doing? Can I get your coffee for you? Yeah, I'll share this story real quick. Yesterday, I was out um, with one of with my property manager. We were we were she had. We were looking at a property. I was looking at a potential flip that I was going to go do. I was looking at a duplex that I'm going to be buying. And I, she tells me, there's garbage at one of the properties. And I said, okay, just have your son, have your son meet me there. Um, I'll buy the garbage bags until he can clean up. So he went with us, right? He went with us to see this duplex that just, just needs, it's a completely, complete, I need four dumpsters worth of crap that need to come out of there, right? And, and I said to the young man, I said, listen, kid, you being here, and I know that what you're doing, the reason you're here is to pick up garbage for, for me and your mom. She's my property manager, and I'm paying the, book, the, the kid, the young man, for it. I said, you don't understand the value of what you're getting. I said, you're walking a property with us. You're hearing your mother and I talk business, running numbers, talking to a contractor. I said, yes, you're picking up the garbage. But what you're listening to and what you're gaining from being around us picking up the garbage is something that you're not going to learn in school. It's more valuable than anything you're going to learn in school tomorrow. Because what you're hearing and what you're learning, and if you're smart, you start asking questions. Hey, what does that mean, sir? Mom, what does that mean? What do you mean by doing this? And what are you looking at this? What does that mean? You're picking up a skill. And while you may think, and I was telling the young man, I was like, while you may think that you're just picking up garbage, Tomorrow, you could be, in my shoes, the one that owns all of these properties and are doing the flips because you started being around this energy and listening and paying attention. That's your choice, though. That's your choice, how you want to look at this. I'm just picking up the garbage or I'm picking up the garbage, but I'm learning from these guys to take to do that next year. You know, so it's all in the perspective that we take and the attitude that we take. And again, I echo what you're saying. If you want something... Find someone that's doing it, 
ask them to help you or ask them first. Don't ask them to help you because a lot of times that comes off selfishly. If Maria, if you're a broker and something or and a newbie comes, a new agent comes to you and he said, Maria, you know, I want to learn to do what you're doing, right? How, what can I do for you so you can just mentor me? What can I do for you? Can I pick up your cleaners? Can I pick up your car? Can I take your car for a car wash? Can I make your calls for you? Can I get your coffee for you? What can I do so you can spend a few minutes every day and teach me a few things, right? What would you say to that? That's powerful. And, and just remaining humble. And I think it's humble and, and, and hungry, wanting it. Mm-hmm. Bad enough to say that there's nothing beneath me I, I, I won't do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's times where I needed to rent my, say my one family, the tenant up in these one, two, three. My backyard is not as nice as it could be. And I call the landscaper. He can't get out there till next week. Well, I have showings tomorrow. So guess what? Who's going to put on the gloves? Who's going to put on the, get do what I need to do? I, I'll borrow whoever's mm-hmm. um, machines I need or, you know, go to Home Depot, get what I need. But it's going to get done. And I think that when you have that mentality that, no, I can't do it. I only have to call a landscaper. I learned that from my mom many years that. ago. Your many years mom ago. Mom and dad gave us that. Our parents gave us that work ethic. They gave us that. My mom would have a leak in the in the tub and would break out a few tiles. I don't know how she figured out, did it, shut mm-hmm. it down. Mind you, we didn't have tiles back in there because she didn't know how to do that. But I always go back to that. Whatever my situation is, if I can't get it done, I'll figure it out. I'll Google it. There's always a way to get it done. But you have to be humble enough to say, I want to do this. And I want to start here. And it's it's so true. How, how can I help you mm-hmm. so that in turn, I can learn from you and you can help me. And by helping each other is how you grow. 100%. The be- that's the fastest way to get a mentor is don't call don't don't call Maria or don't call me and say, hey, can you mentor me? You know, we're busy already. We're, we have our own things going on. We're busy already. You want to provide, you want to provide value. You want to provide value. Say, hey, listen, um, what can I do for you? Here's a skill that I have. Here's what I know how to do. I know how to market. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. Can I offer you anything? Can you use that skill in your business to help you grow? Or can I do anything else? Grab your coffee, whatever it need, it takes. For you, so you can spend a few, some time with me and teach me some things, right? Because mm-hmm. no one is an island. No one's an island, especially real estate. It's a team sport. You know that, Maria. Well, yes. And, and I was going to say, I think what most people fail to understand is just because you have the money and if you don't have the knowledge, you're not going to be successful. You've got to align yourself with the people that say, listen, I have the money. I know you're a contractor. I know you can do this. I know you can do that. Let's all pull it together. Let's get a great team going and let's make the money, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are just so hung up on that. It has to be me, me, me. That me, myself, and I just doesn't work. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work in business. It doesn't work in relationships. It doesn't work in family. It just doesn't work. When you see yourself in, as an individual, I believe the universe ends up giving you that individual, you, yourself, and you. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you, you've got to be open to wanting to grow and wanting to grow with others. And as you help others, you help yourself. There's just, I think that's the, the best advice that I can give anyone. That is um, the law of prosperity, which you just shared. Yeah, I think, look, I, I was a 
I was a girl born in Ecuador, came here at nine years old. I married at 17. I got my GED, which is here, you know, by Chris Rock's definition, good enough, good enough diploma, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> I've never um, heard that one before. Oh my God, that's hysterical. I love him. Um, I did that. I, I had my girls young. I worked the, the typical job that everybody says you're supposed to work. And I turned everything around and later in life, you know, not until past my thirties did I, did things start happening. So it's never too late for anybody. It's what, what do you want to do with your life? How bad do you want it? And how, how much out of your head do you want to get out to be able to obtain it? Because it's out there. It's, it's, there's so many things that you can look at. There's the, um, the law of attraction. There's, putting in hard work. There is, there's so many things that you can apply. And with social media now, you know, you can Google just about anything, you know, how, how do I boil water? You can find it. <laughs> how do I, anything it's there, but then you have to go and take action without action. Your, your no, no. thoughts are just dreams. Yes. Massive action, massive action, yes. massive action, nothing. Man, Maria, thank you so much for joining me. This was so refreshing. I had a ton of fun. Um, I got a couple questions. We usually end our, our, our interviews with a couple questions. You gave so much wisdom, so much knowledge, and I'd love to do this again with you uh, sometime in the future. Uh, favorite book, favorite business book, and then favorite, um, favorite personal development book. Oh God, favorite business book. I had that book. Where did, where did I put it? It's a uh, Maxwell book. I can't think of the name now. Is that the leadership, the 21 laws of irrefutable leadership? That's one of my, one of my favorites. I love that one. Is it 21 laws? I don't, I have to check. I'm going to be really honest. I can't remember the name. I don't think it's a 21, but there is, it's a great book on um, John Maxwell. We use it actually for the NARUP training for leadership. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is a 21. I'm just terrible on names. Yeah, 21 Laws of Irrefutable Leadership. <laughs> and and it, it was such a powerful book for, for, um, for business because it teaches you that being um, a leader is not always about being A, right, um, knowing everything. That's it's who you, who you align yourself with and what you're willing to be open to receiving because you know, criticism for most of us is really hard. We, yeah. we don't ever want to think we do anything wrong. But in listening and being open to it is how we really do our greatest growth. Um, so I think that's, that, that was a fascinating book. The other one that I personally loved um, for, for my spiritual growth was Your Soul's Plan by Robert Schwartz. Your soul's plan. It helped me to understand that, at least for me. Hmm. Um, you know, after my my separation and divorce, I thought, why are we here? What 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 is life about? It can't just be about getting up, going to work, raising kids, putting them to school, going to sleep at night, and then just repeating it the day and day and day until the good Lord calls our number and says, "Okay, time to get back up here." There just has to be more to life. And that book just puts so much in perspective for myself. Um, awesome. it, made me, it made me understand that we, you know, we are spiritual beings having, having an, um, a human experience. Yes. And 
how not to get caught up with all the things that happen. And somewhat, at least it gave me um, accountability as to what was happening in my life and how that was preset for my growth and for my learning, which I thought was, you know, fascinating. That is awesome. I, you, man, you shared so many golden nuggets. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'd love to have you on again sometime soon. Um, any parting words before we, before we say bye to the listeners? This was very refreshing, very awesome. Any parting words you want to share? Well, I thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, I appreciate um, the time. I appreciate our talks. Um, I think for, for, Anyone listening out there, whether it's a young girl, whether it's an, a, a, an older woman who just got divorced, whether it's um, someone with a degree who just lost their job, this applies to many different um, people. Um, anyone can restart a chapter in their life if they choose to. And we all have the ability. We might not have all the all the knowledge we need right away. But if we apply and we want it, it will move forward. So no matter what our situation is, whether we're wealthy and we lost money, whether we're poor and we want money, whether we're educated and or not educated, you know, I am your prime example of what you can be and achieve should you choose to though. Because it really is um, making that choice that choice and wanting it bad enough so that no matter how many times you fall, you get up, you clean up a little bit and you say, I'm going to do this again because I know I can do this. Decide, commit a massive action. Yes. Uh, if, if people want to get a hold of you, they want to get a hold of you because they want to talk to you about NAREP or they want to become a member of your chapter. If people want to get a hold of you because they want to buy a house or they want to do something, if someone wants to get a hold of you, because maybe they want your company to do some property management. We didn't even, we got to do another interview. We got to, we got to sit down and talk again because we didn't even talk about that, that other stuff. I, I'm, I'm a great, I'm a great negotiator. I can show you how to get the most for the least amount. No, someone maybe wants to list their house in that area. Um, how do people get a hold of you, Maria? Tell me. So my, um, my number is that my number. I'm, I'm best at my phone number. I'm easy to, you can call me, you can send me a text. And I quickly reply. Um, my, my, it's it's nine seven three six four one four zero two one, and within within you know reasonable time, I will respond. So whatever whatever question you have, whatever um, listen, whether it's spiritual, whether it's financial, whether it's investing, um, you want to know what it takes to be a realtor. Ver, you know, full time versus part time. Whatever your question is, I would love to hear from you. Guys, I, I, successful people. This is one thing you got to understand. I learned this at a really early age. Successful people are never afraid to share what they're doing because they're not. They're so secured within themselves. It's not about holding information. They're willing to share gracefully. Um, is there an email? Maybe a website. You have a website email. Um, you, like that? you can, you can, you can, you can send me an email, which is um, m for Maria Salazar S A L A Z A R five two four at Yahoo. But I would tell you the easiest way to reach me is just call me. Call me, send me a text, um, and and that's that's the quickest way. 
on social media, Instagram, Facebook, if they want to they want to connect with you on any of those platforms. I am um let me see Facebook it's Maria Salazar Marino. <laughs> Although I'm on it, I'm not good at remembering. And um let me see Instagram, I believe it's Oh God, what is it? Broker? I can't even see. I, this is how this is how much I I am on social media. I do I do a little bit on Instagram, but if you listen, if you reach out to me, um, send me send me a text and I'll, I'll put it I'll put it in the notes because we're connected on, on both on both platforms. So I'll put it awesome. in, I'll put awesome. it in the show notes. I'll, I'll attach yes. a link so if anyone wants to connect with with Maria on social media on her Facebook or her IG, um, I'll put her email and her cell phone. Everything you gave here. Maria, thank you again for, for, for sharing and being so gracious with your wisdom and your knowledge. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. If you like to invest passively in real estate with our group, please email martin at premierridgecapital.com.